Creepazoids out in the nether regions. I am Fatal Follower of Fatal Follower Presents. Welcome to the Ho Ho Horror December month. I have been watching a few goodies that I wanted to share with you on this episode. There is no guest on this episode. Um, I've been, I, I think I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I work two jobs. Uh, full-time and a part-time. And so my time is, you know, spread thin, like everybody out there, they can relate. Um, but I want to get these episodes out to you just to kind of keep the show going, keep it alive, keep that little pulse beating in the black heart of the show. And uh, I appreciate all of the ongoing support and the correspondence that you send me to let me know how you enjoy the show and how you want to keep it going. Um, I'm sure at some point after the holidays, it'll get back into regular programming mode. But for now, these these episodes will release, you know, every couple of weeks or so just to uh, accommodate my crazy schedule. And of course, I'll have guests back on as always. But up first, I wanted to get some things out there in the darkness of it all. Um, Shutter and RLJE Films sent me over an awesome Blu-ray for Creepshow Season 3, and I've been diving into that uh, since I received it, uh, revisiting some of my favorite episodes. Um, I have to say, this is a six-episode series uh, for this season, and the episodes are just really strong and really out there with how they start as something and just evolve into something else. There's a lot of great practical effects on display. I love this series. I love the franchise as a whole. I am a super fan of this. So I highly recommend picking up Creepshow Season 3, which is now going to be available on DVD and Blu-ray as of December 6th of 2022. So stuff those stockings with Creepshow. Um, I'm going to read the press release because I think it's important to just get that out there. Um, so the sixth episode season is directed by Rusty Gonda from Chappelle's show, Greg Nicotero, who we love from The Walking Dead and awesome practical effects guy, uh, Joe Lynch from Mayhem, Jeffrey F. January from The Walking Dead, John Harrison from Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. There is a throwback to all of you 80s uh, horror fans. Uh, I do like that movie. I think it uh, is a low-key cut. Um, and Axel Carolyn from Tales of Halloween, which I need to revisit. Um, the series stars Allie Larder from Heroes. Love, love her episode on this. I cannot stress that enough. She plays an awesome character, and that episode is pretty kick-ass. Probably one of my favorites of the whole series. Um, really good, really solid, cool story, very mean-spirited. Love it. In, in, in line with Creepshow, of course. Um, Justin Long, obviously we've seen him in Jeepers Creepers, recent Barbarian, which I recommend. Um, he's in one of the episodes. Anna Camp, love her from Pitch Perfect. She's in a kick-ass segment. Um, Ethan Embry from Sweet Home Alabama. I don't remember that movie. I know it's a rom-com, but for all of you out there that love those, that's where he's from. Um, all right. Obviously, if you don't know, this season is basically based on the anthology series from the 1982 
horror comedy classic. Um, it's kind of a comic book comes to life in a series of vignettes exploring terrors ranging from murder creatures, which are my favorite monsters and delusions to the supernatural and explainable. Uh, you never really know what's on the next page. And obviously uh, the movies and the series, they work really well hand in hand. It's almost like you're watching each season of this um, of this show, almost like a long movie. That's kind of how it feels because you still have... Uh, the introductions of the comic book, and you still have the creeper there. And I have my little display set up, and I've, uh, I have all three movies, which the third one's a little out there. Um, and of course, adding this one to my three seasons I already own on Blu-ray, uh, I'm a super fan, and I have the comic books and so forth and so on. So um, there are some cool features on this. It's a DVD Blu-ray Blu bonus feature, including Amazon's Comic-Con home panel interview with Greg Nicotero, Matty Dew, and Rusty Gundif. Uh, Michael Rooker's on there, and James Remar, moderated by Entertainment Weekly's Clark Collins. Uh, there's behind-the-scenes raw footage comic art booklet, which is really cool. Anytime you've purchased the Blu-rays, and I believe the DVDs too, um, it comes with a mini comic book for Creepshow, and it kind of features some of the episodes there. So I think that's really awesome. Um, um, I have all of mine collected as well. Uh, and then, of course, behind the scenes photo gallery. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. It is available now. I suggest you dig right in. Speaking of digging in, I have been uh, kind of perusing the madness of Tubi. Um, I have my gripes with Tubi as an actual streaming platform, um, but they do release some fun things uh, that I tend to gravitate to. And one of those things that I recently caught up with was a movie called The Final Rose, which uh, came out earlier in October that I didn't get to cover. It is directed by Tim Cruise, and it stars Christina Masterson, Brittany Sarpy, Robert Palmer Watkins, and so forth. Um, it is about a young single mother. She arrives on a remote island to compete on Love at Last, TV's number one dating show. Her quest for love becomes a fight for survival when she discovers that a mysterious mass killer is slaying the contestants one by one. Now, this is probably eventually going to get a DVD release, but um, I'm hoping that shout out to Roy Dam, who does uh, Manufactured on Demand Blu-rays. He may throw this out there. Um, he recently put together uh, the Terror Train from Tubi, which is actually just announced as getting a sequel. So I enjoyed it. It was a campy mess, but I thought it was really fun. Very much an 80s, 90s slasher. Um, this one in itself is really much a late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of Valentine uh, from 2001. So I think if you're looking for something that's got a little bit of tiny bit of social commentary about the show, The Bachelor, the behind the scenes kind of drama, how the contestants, air quote, are really actors and just how they set scenes up and things. I think you'll get a lot out of this. Um, the killer, he wears sort of like, um, kind of like a disco ball helmet. Uh, it's really kind of cool. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the killer from prom night, you know, he's wearing all black, got the j jacket and all that. And then kind of mixed with, um, like one of those killers. I'm trying to think. And of course I can't think of it when I want to. Um, but there's another killer that wears a, a, a sort of motorcycle getup with a, with a helmet. Um, and I think that, Oh, night school. Um, and I think that it kind of looks like that. And there are some really cool, 
deaths. There are some cutaways. So I'm not sure if, you know, there was just, they ran out of money or what, but they set it up good. The acting is really solid in this. So it actually feels like it could have been um, an indie release, you know, like a, maybe a shutter release, but it was on Tubi. It's a Tubi original. So I suggest checking it out. It's called The Final Rose. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get out of it what you, what you get out of it, what you're looking for. So another one that I caught on Tubi, which is a Tubi exclusive. Now, I'm not sure what that means because the one I just talked about was a Tubi original. This one's an exclusive, which it will be streaming on there, of course, only. Um, I think it will get a release from ITN Studios. They're the ones that are actually put this together. And they're the ones that I kind of bring up every now and then. For some of us horror fans who are scraping the bottom of the barrel and you're looking for like some low-key slashers out there that are pretty... Uh, I would even say way below a B movie, like C or D movie. Um, they they play it safe with slasher kind of movies. There's a big franchise from them called The Tooth Fairy. Um, they have like a Leprechaun-like franchise. They have like a Nun franchise. Like Some of them are fun. Some of the sequels are fun. Some of them are oh, not really that good. But they put out the Nut Ma Nutcracker Massacre. Whew, say that a couple times. Um, so I just recently caught this because I saw the poster, uh, I think Bloody Disgusting kind of posted about it online, and it just looked really crazy and funny. Um, but it's about a struggling novelist. She visits her family for Christmas, and a mysterious human-sized nutcracker doll becomes possessed and begins to wreak havoc on the festive season. That is a little bit of a, um, it's a little misleading because I don't know as much as the nutcrackers possess as so much as it is just a, a, a guy, a, a ghost, a dead ghost guy wearing a nutcracker costume, kind of cursed guy. I'm not really sure what it was about, to be honest. It was cool. It had some really fun campy moments, uh, some pretty cool deaths, actually, to be honest. Um, I dug it. There actually is, uh, spoiler alert, a nutcracker death in this that was hard to watch as a guy. Um, so I think you'll have some fun with it. It's seasonal. The acting is very, very, very dry. And there's some really funny lines that are delivered. Um, the mom in this, um, she looks very much like Celine Dion. And she just looks like she's completely out of place in this movie. And it's pretty, it's pretty campy and hammy. Um, this is directed by Rebecca Matthews. Honestly, to be honest, I would pick this up if I saw it on DVD. I think it's pretty, pretty fun. It's pretty mindless. Uh, if you want to turn your brain off, just have something crazy and silly going on in the background. I think it's cool. But I'm also a fan of really ridiculously bad mask slasher movies. So I may not be the best person to recommend movies if you're looking for something serious. Um, but <clears throat> I'll recommend it. Um, so um, those two all on Tubi, Tubi original, Tubi exclusive, the final rose, I'm going to give it like a, maybe a six out of 10. It was fun. I dug it. Nutcracker Massacre, probably a six out of 10 as well. I would rewatch both of those. So that's where I rate those. Um, now I want to get into something that I picked up from Scream Team Releasing. If you haven't checked out Scream Team Releasing, they have some really cool cuts out there. Uh, Michael Balif, who I had on the show, um, he did um, some segments in 1031 Part 3, or he did a segment in 1031 Part 3. Um, he also released uh, The Witching Season, which is available on there, and They Live Inside Us. Um, shout out to him. Of course, Zane Hershberger, who... Uh, did Force to Fear. He was also part of the barn. And I 
believe he was part of the barn too. Um, they put out on screen team releasing just really cool, fun throwback features. Some I've picked up that I've not as necessarily been a fan of, but I think if you're looking to scratch that itch, um, you'll get a lot out of it, but just peruse their section and see what you find. Um, I've purchased the barn from them and I've also purchased this one, the barn part two, which um, I enjoyed. Um, it's about with the ban on Halloween lifted in her hometown, Michelle and her best friend Heather in charge of the annual haunted house. Unfortunately for Michelle, some invited uninvited trick-or-treaters from her past come knocking. This is directed by Justin M. Seaman. And uh, of course, him and his team, there's a shit ton of cameos. Doug Bradley, Linnea Quigley, Ari Lehman, Joe Bob Briggs, Lloyd Kaufman, Jason Brooks. There's just a lot of cameos in this, um, much like the barn, the original barn. Um, I would rate the barn a little bit over this one. Um, this one was fun. Um, it, it missed the mark a little on a couple things for me. I think maybe because they expanded the 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 villains, I guess, in this one. And I kind of wish they had just focused more on the original trio of villains versus adding newer ones because I didn't really find the newer ones that interesting, to be honest. I really liked the Candy Corn Scarecrow um, and the Miner and the Jack-O-Lantern from, from, from the original three. So, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it was good. Um, I would still recommend watching the first one. And then if you're really feeling like you want to continue, go with the barn too. Um, I enjoyed it. I'll pick it up. I'll probably rewatch it again right when I watch the first one. I mean, it does lead directly into it really well. Um, that one's set in the 80s. This one's set in the 90s. The aesthetic is there. There's a lot of really great uh, scenes in this with cinematography, with setup, setting. Uh, it's just, it's a cool Halloween kind of uh, kind of throwback. And, and I think you'll dig it. Um, so you can check that out, pick that up on physical media. I'm, I, I didn't see where it was streaming yet. I'm not really sure if it is, but um, you know, Check it out if you must. I would say out of 10, I would probably rate this like a six and a half out of 10. Um, there is some really gnarly kills in this. And I do like that there are still uh, guys in monster suits in this. And uh, so I appreciate that aspect to it. That's that way of creating a monster movie. So you'll dig it too. Um, so I've talked about a lot of campy, schlocky B, C, D movies. Um, but I want to recommend checking this one out. I actually wasn't sure how I felt about it, so I've had to digest it for a little bit. Um, it's The Menu, which is currently in theaters, starring Anna Taylor-Joy, Ralph Fiennes, Nicholas Holt, and a lot of, a lot of others. Um, it is about... It focuses on a young couple who visits an exclusive destination restaurant on a remote island where the acclaimed chef has prepared a lavish tasting menu, along with some shocking surprises. Um, this came out earlier this month, November 18th. Uh, we actually checked it out, I think the week of the week before Thanksgiving, Gabe and I, and uh, we were gonna talk about it, but we just, we there's just so much going on that we weren't sure. And um, to be honest, I mean, I have a lot to say about it just because I was a sous chef for almost 10 years. And um, it hit close to home for me. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say it's an interesting dynamic watching a movie that really captures 
uh, the culinary culture, the world of culinary arts, the work, the workload, the the people that you encounter, and how artist burnout happens within that field. And that's I, I don't do that work anymore, and there's lots of reasons why. Uh, but in essence, I think it did a fantastic job of capturing that. Um, the patron side of the movie, you know, you get to see um, a lot of affluent characters in this from all walks of affluent life. And there is this underlying message of eat the rich, which I enjoy. I uh, am a young hippie at heart, and I I really appreciate the social commentary in this movie. There's a lot to unpack in this movie. Um, I think it does a really fine job of creating suspense and thrilling moments tied exclusively together with dark satire. Um, I was worried that coming into this, it wasn't actually going to be horror comedy. It was going to be too horror, silly comedy. Um, but I think the horror comedic tone was perfect. It is dark and it is funny. Um, it is sad and depressing, but it's just a really solid, well-told story about an artist who loses their way and the people that just take advantage of this idea of exclusivity in fine dining and how it's really only made accessible to a certain type of person and how even those people don't appreciate the art, the love that goes into creating a dish. And I, there's just so much in it that I found wholly satisfying. Um, even the way that it's sold, like vignette style, where the place cards for the menus of the recipe for each vignette is kind of set up before the scene. And it's just, it's, it's told really well. The acting is phenomenal. Anna Taylor-Joy, Ralph Fiennes, uh, fantastic uh, opposing forces and maybe not so opposing fo forces. Um, I think you'll really enjoy this movie if you like a more slow burn psychological horror. This does have some gore in it. Um, there is some incredible looking food in this. And uh, it's pretty funny and it's pretty dark. So I recommend it highly. This could easily be one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, I don't know if it's one of my favorite horror movies of the year. Like it's definitely in top 10 horror movies of the year. But it's just an overall good movie with a really good message, really great story. And it's not hammy or ham-fisted in any way. Uh, it's, it's, it's there for a reason. And... I like the critique on foodies, on social media, cooks and chefs, and everything around and surrounding this uptick or this, I don't know, resurgence or, I mean, it's been going for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 plus years now about fine dining and how um, intricate it plays a part in social class. So you'll dig it. I think you'll like it. Uh, I highly recommend it. Out of for out of a 10, it's a 10 for me. Uh, maybe I'm biased because I worked in the field and I know it. And um, I don't know if I'd ever want to go back to it. That's kind of how uh, scary it can be. So it was cool. Definitely recommend it. I feel like you should check this out in theaters or definitely pick it up when it comes out. I certainly am. Um, but yeah, I'll just go with that. So I do have a couple movies that I, or excuse me, a couple books that I am checking out right now. One is 
Greeley's Cove. You have been there before, if you have ever known fear. The first miracle was a joyful one, the sudden cure of a young autistic boy in Greeley's Cove. The other miracles were different, stranger, darker miracles like murder and resurrection. Now, every man and woman in Greeley's Cove is afraid, afraid of the things that walk in the night, afraid of the house on the edge of town, afraid of the loved ones they buried in Greeley's Cove. Tagline, not since Salem's Lot has a novel captured the horrors that live so close to home. It's the place where your worst nightmares come true by John Gideon. This is a pretty sweet book so far, actually. Um, it is from 1991. You can find it, use bookstores, Amazon, wherever. I would recommend it. Um, I'm actually not finished with it, but I just want to talk about it. I'm about 160 pages in, and it's about a 420-page book. Um, so far, it's told in parts. So I just finished part one, a little bit into part two. And it does have a lot of similarities to Salem's Lot, Jerusalem's Lot, but in a modern 80s setting. Um, this is, I think it actually takes place in 84, 85, even though it's came out in 91. Um, it's cool. The perspectives in it are interesting. There is some interesting elements of told about necrophilia, which I wasn't expecting to encounter in this book. Um, it, there is that overarching vampirism that's happening it's not outright said that it's vampirism so far i'm not sure if it's ghoul or what uh, but there's an interesting way of how whatever it is the evil is happening in this town of greeley's cove uh, is getting around and infecting this area and it's pretty cool it's very cinematic so i think you'll dig it um i'm pretty excited to finish it and maybe check out another book from his um, that I've heard about. Um, the name of it has escaped me at this moment, but yeah, I recommend that. Um, I can't recommend this one because I haven't read it yet, but I will uh, give a little plug for it because I did pick it up. Um, it was on sale and it just looked really fun and campy. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm obsessed with 80s, 90s slasher movies. Um, so this one is called, this is a book called Blood Lanes by Brian G. Barry. Charles Warner, convicted mass killer in what has come to be known as the Venice Beach Massacre, is being transported upstate to Hollow Falls Sanitarium when an accident sets him free. Now loose on the dark streets, lurking in the shadows, Warner has one thing on his insane mind, finishing what he started. And for the crew of Silverside Lanes, forced into working overtime, their night quickly becomes a nightmare when Warner smells blood. Inspired by the grit, inspired by the gritty slashers of the 70s and 80s, Blood Lanes is the second release in the Slasherback series. I think I only have this one of the Slasherback series. Um, I need to do a little bit more research and figure out what the Slasherback series is. But it appealed to me, so I picked it up for cheap on Amazon. Check it out. <laughs> And that's really all I have for you on this episode. It's short. It's sweet. I gave you some really fun, rec excuse me. I gave you some really fun recommendations and uh, movies, books. Um, aside from that, not really checking much else out. Uh, I am currently up to date with Shudder's original now of Dragula Titan season. And I don't know if you're into 
shows like Face Off or RuPaul's Drag Race, but there is a meshing and molding of grittiness that's happening in this show. And if you don't know about this show, um, it's basically drag queens compete in sort of these fear factor scenarios where they also have to create a look around a certain motif. So like they've done witches, they've done, you know, uh, classic 80s slashers in the past episodes. There's just a lot of cool elements happening. And uh, I think, you know, you might dig it if you like those competition shows. I tend to go towards more of the shows that have like that artist perspective where there's like practical effects and like goop and gore and all that. It's really fun. I loved Face Off on Sci-Fi. So this show really speaks to me. So I would recommend that. I'm, you know, it's it's just started. I think you should go back and check out the other seasons to get an idea of who these Titans are, this All-Stars cast is, so you can enjoy and appreciate Titans. So I recommend that as well. Aside from that, um, that's it. Short and sweet. Um, I have a birthday coming up, so I'm looking forward to picking up some groovy things. Uh, I did just see that uh, not only is Vestron announcing, and they're releasing soon, in a few weeks, the Silent Night, Deadly Night collection 3, 4, and 5, but they just announced The Dentist one Part 1 and Part 2 as a collection coming out in January. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, really looking forward to my Vinegar Syndrome purchases. And uh, yeah, birthday, Christmas is coming up. I'm super stoked. My wallet may not be as excited, but it's snowy here in New York and I'm really looking forward to the holiday season. I hope you all are too, whatever holiday you celebrate. And uh, I just hope you keep it creepy and keep it bloody. Thank you so much for all of your input, all of your feedback. As always, you can check Fatal Faller Presents a podcast on Facebook, Horror Amino, and you can reach out to me at fatalfallerpresents at Gmail. Stay safe, stay spooky, and ho, ho, horror all the time. Bye-bye.